Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. So welcome back to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast. Super excited for today's episode because we get a chance to take a peek inside your world, Adama, and learn a little bit more about high prep and the local ecosystem there in Abuja. So first, let's rewind the clock back in time. So we have Adama Ugwa here with us, who's going to talk to us about who were you as a child and what childhood you be friends with who you are today. Hi, Abraham. Thank you very much for, for having me today. That used to be a very inquisitive person, constantly wanting to question things or find out why things are the way they are. I'm still like that, but I mean, being, being a child of, you know, two very strict parents, I was always constrained. I was always, you know, that child that, you know, was being held back. So would, would I be proud of who I am today? 100% because I am in that position where I'm not really scared of, of taking chances. I'm not scared of, you know, trying out things and just literally just looking out for the outcome. I understand, like, I mean, we only get one chance at life. So if I have one chance at something, I definitely have to put in my best. So whatever decision I have to take, it has to be the best for me. So I'm in that position where I'm not scared. I'm not thinking, oh, what if I do this and it doesn't work out? You know, I'm trying out things and I'm just, you know, leaving. So my little self would be really proud of the person I am today because as a child, I was held back a lot, but not anymore. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I want to stay here because I can empathize with this greatly. When you say you were inquisitive and you were held back, do you have any examples or situations that come to mind? Because, you know, as a student with a lot of energy, as a youngster, does inquisitive mean that you were getting into stuff? Does it mean you were tinkering? Does it mean they were having to pull you away and get you back on whatever the lesson plan was? Like, what do you mean by like inquisitive and being held back? Yeah, because I mean, I was a person that when I find, when there's an opportunity to do something, I want, I get interested. So for example, I'll give you a typical example. When I saw this advert one day on television and they were saying, oh, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you want to sing, if you want to dance, blah, 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 blah. We're doing a talent show. Come over to this place and this place. And the city where they needed us to come to was like, I think an hour from where we lived at the time. I wanted to do it. I mean, whenever I see something that catches my fancy, I want to be part of it. I wanted to be part of it. And then I called I called the number on my mom's phone. And the person that received the call was like, sorry, how old are you? And I said, I was, I think it was 12, 11. And then she said, no, 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 that it's not for my age. It's not for people my age. But I thought that, no, that I still want to be part of it. And then she said, I should go and tell my mom. And I already know I can't tell my mom something like that because she wouldn't want to listen to me. And so I told her, can you help me speak to my mom? And then I I was a child then, so I went to give my mom the phone <laughs> to speak to her. So when my mom was done telling her, like, no, I'm young, I wouldn't be part of it. When she came back, you know, like African parents kind of with the eyes she gave me that day, I knew like the kind of eyes was like, don't even mention, like, don't even try to say something like this again in her house. So, Yes, I 
was that person who wanted to try out a couple of things. I also questioned the norm a lot, a couple of things that didn't sit well with me. I wouldn't want to do it a particular kind of way, but I always had that parental control. Oh, no, don't do this, do that, do this, do that. But I mean, growing up, I'm happy that I'm able to put myself out, you know, a lot more. That's excellent to hear. Speaking of putting yourself out there more, you jumped out there with with high prep, EdTech startup. Did you have any startup experience or technology experience back then? Like when you were a kid, did your inquisitive nature put you around technology at all? Walk us through your introduction to technology writ large. Well, not really. The first time I had, or, you know, the first experience I had that was wow for me in terms of, you know, technology would be, I mean, after after JS3. JS3 in Nigeria is like year nine. So after year nine, I, you know, there's this holiday we used to have you know, before the next year, it's usually long. So my parents enrolled me in, in a computer class, you know, so that I think that was the real, that, that was the first experience I had with technology that I can remember. So then, you know, the teachers, oh, this is how you work with Microsoft Word, or oh, this is what you can do and everything. So like I said, it was like my, it was almost like my first time ever experiencing something like that. So, you know, the teachers, oh, write something, you can increase the fonts, you can change the color, you can use clip arts, you can make it like this, you can, you know, slant it and do it like this. So all of those things was fascinating for me. It was good to have the kind of options that technology gave. I mean, because prior to that time, supposing I was, to, if I were to write and design with maybe colors, I wouldn't have like enough colors like I would have on the computer. So that was the first experience I had with computers and it was good to see the options available to me uh, for use, yeah. Okay, so essentially you got introduced to it in a similar way that I did. Other than the video games, it was in school with, you know, I guess the micro word processor, learning how to mm -hmm. type and such like that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's super duper helpful. So now let's shift to what you are doing, which sounds like you may be introducing students to their first higher level experience with technology through high prep online. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about what is high prep and where did the idea for it come from? And maybe go into a little bit more about the need because education is something that anybody around the world can relate to. All of us have gone through some type of educational experience, but you saw something that was necessary in demand and that people were willing to pay for. So just walk us through for the people who don't know, we're not in Abuja, we may not even be familiar with the Nigerian education system or writ large, like the environment that you're in. So tee it up for us, what is high prep? Where did the idea come from? And talk to us about the demand that you saw to get this jumped off. Okay, so what I want to talk about high prep, I always like to start from my own self as a parent. Being a parent, uh, one of my top goals for myself or my priority for my children or my child, I have a daughter now, would be to help her place her in a, in a position where she's able to succeed wherever she finds herself, right? I want to be able to give her all the support that I can give her as a parent because I wouldn't want a situation where I raise a child. I mean, you that mean me that we live in an ever-evolving world. And one thing that I would want for my child is that wherever she finds herself or where, you know, she's able to, she's able to succeed, she's able to thrive. I have a simple principle that I take, you know, I know about life, it's very simple. How you do one thing is how you do everything. <laughs> so, I mean, so if I am looking for success for my child, I want her to thrive wherever she finds herself. I mean, my best shot is 
that I see that she continues to strive for excellence. And that's why academic excellence is very important to me, okay? It's actually very important to me that a child is doing well in school. And not just doing well, the child is making efforts every single day to improve how well they uh, perform in school. Think about math, for example, by learning to solve math every day, a child is learning problem solving. A child is learning critical thinking, learning collaboration, learning communication, creativity. There's just so much wisdom embedded in those subjects. And I want children to be able to, you know, take their own learning as a journey, as a process that they're going through, right? I mean, every day, how can we break down the subject in such a way that it is seen as a fun thing and not like some kind of task, like some kind of job that they have to do? Okay, so that's one problem that I've had. Traditional lecture teaching, you know, style is boring. Video content on social media is non-engaging. So how else can we help these children? And so an idea came to me, and that's what HyperP is trying to do, you know, basically providing access to quality learning from the comfort of your home. Okay, so how do you use this? How can we help children to use this? We're providing them opportunities to, an opportunity to pursue their own academic goals by themselves. Set the goals yourself, break down your goals into tiny chunks every day, put in little effort every day, 30 minutes to 60 minutes every day to see that you achieve those goals. So that's what high prep is doing and that's what high prep is about. Okay, can you, let's, let's break this up a bit. A couple of things I think would be very helpful for folks to know about high prep talk about like the discovery i'll say that you had with your daughter when you decided to take her education into your own hands maybe talk about that a little bit more and then your theory of education which is different from just going in for like you said an hour to an hour and a half of instruction so give us those two stories if you can all right so the, another very you know important aspect of high prep is I know there was a time when I used to want to help my daughter to read better because she struggled to read at a certain age so I wanted to you know help her as a parent and so one thing I, I did then was I looked out for some sites online so I'll just you know bring because I was busy myself I'll just you know get her to watch some video content online and it wasn't cool to see that every now and then the channel she's watching has changed to something else, something I wouldn't want her to, you know, have access to, you know. I mean, so that was something I was constantly being faced with. There is literally no platform that's strictly for children her age where she can have access to content, learning content that is strictly for her. You know, so that was a bit discouraging and I didn't want that for her. She's been exposed to content that, I would not allow her watch any normal days. So that was part of the reason why I tend to, you know, bring up something as, you know, exclusive as high preface. Okay, so hang on. So you're saying that essentially the YouTube or whatever other algorithm, your child was watching some educational content and it was feeding her other more adult teenage oh. or what have you content. And you said, I, I, I can't allow this. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so then you form High Prep, you start it. Now, what is that? Talk to us about the product itself, because I believe you were saying that it kind of meets students or children where they are. Talk about what you mean by that. Okay, so with High Prep, what we, what we are building is a platform that enables students to plan for themselves. So it's almost like, you know, you have a personalized learning plan. 
Okay, so wherever you are, you, you're a child who you're not able to read. This is the level you are able to read at. You're able to find out where you are at with reading. And the teachers, whoever you're paired with, is able to take you from where you are to where you ought to be. So that's what hyper does for you, okay? It, it's not just reading, it could writing, math, science, whatever it is, we literally just have this content uh, well-planned and suited for each individual, each child, you know, basically for them. So, yeah. Got it. That's helpful. And we'll dig in a little bit more uh, as we go through some of the rest of this conversation. But maybe talk to us about something that people are very curious about, which is how did you initially finance your business? You are not venture backed in the traditional sense right now. Perhaps one day you might be, but Talk to us about how you initially got off the ground and financed the business. And I'll say this while you're teeing up your response is last night, I attended an event here in Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm based and listened to a founder of uh, the Cupcake Collection, which they provide like these award-winning cupcakes in Nashville and in New Orleans. And uh, Mignon Francois, who's the founder of it, talked about her story of starting this cupcake company with five dollars like going to the store gathering ingredients making one batch and going back and turning that in i think sixty dollars and then going back to the store then turning that into 500 and flip that five dollars eventually into a 10 million dollar business i'm not saying that that's everybody's story or that's typical but i'm wondering if you could talk about how you initially financed your business in high prep and how you were able to grow and scale it as fast and quickly as you did. Okay, so um, when we um, initially started high prep, it was strictly from a place of wanting to help, wanting to provide help to parents like myself. It was COVID. I mean, high prep is, is like a, a COVID baby. So I was at this point where, you know, I was at home, I had thoughts, you know, I was a teacher as well. Well, because of the lockdown, we're all at home. And then, you know, I was thinking of, okay, what can I do to, you know, continue to engage my daughter? One thing I knew was, okay, I am a teacher. I can continue to engage my daughter, right? But what about other parents? How are they engaging their children in this period and everything? So I wanted to help. And then I put out, you know, something I was like, okay, guys, if you have children this age, this age, I'd like to teach them math on, you know, so so good time get them for me and, you know, it's free of charge. And so I had, you know, I got some people that said, I'm interested, I'm interested, I'm interested here and there. And we started teach, I started teaching them math and I was teaching them, I was literally teaching them for free. So while I taught them for free, you know, before we knew it, I had a friend, you know, a teacher friend that opted to also join me and teach them English for free. And so there we were, we were teaching them math and English for free. And then before you knew what was happening, we kept on having requests, more requests to the other, the other request, oh, I have this child, I have four children, I have five children. And we're like, oh, well, like it's getting too much, we couldn't continue. And I think one of the days, it was one of our clients, one of our parents who said, I mean, you guys should put a fee to read, we wouldn't mind paying. And why not? Since the request was getting too much, we can't continue to take it, you know, take on that number. We decided to say, okay, now there's a fee to read. And then yet again, we still had a lot of people that still had interest. And then here I am and saying, I mean, if we really want to help those people, we, you know, I need to open it up and say, okay, other teachers, if you're good enough, come, let's see come and teach on this, um, you know, what we are doing. And then we started to get teachers and more teachers and more parents. And there are some kind of parents that when they, they join you, you're wondering, you guys also have need for this. We have parents from the USA, from Canada, from the UK, 
from different parts of the world. And I'm like, if one parent like this could have a need like this, there are definitely older parents and these things that we are offering. And so we we started to, you know, build something, we started to build high prep into something a lot more bigger. But all this while, like I said, all this while, most of our funding has come, you know, strictly from what we do. So it's almost like we've been bootstrapping. We haven't had any need to get funds from anywhere. We haven't had, uh, I mean, from the very first day we started taking money, we've been, we've been making profits up until today. So yeah, we haven't really had need to, to get money from anywhere. So super strong demand. And you mentioned the teachers. What is your limit to just continuing to scale or grow your business? Like what is, it, it, the demand is still there. It seems like you're onboarded students by the day from all over the world, are you equally getting that interest from teachers who are looking for a different way to provide or exercise their skills? So yeah, what we, I mean, when we first started, we started with friends, teachers that we had already known that they were good. We opened it up to them. I mean, our friends who were teachers as well here in Abuja. But over time, we realized that we needed to, you know, open it more to more people because we even had more people wanting to to be part of us. I mean, which is where our first, you know, I mean, it was a lot of work initially because this is us, you know, from trying to help. Now we are building a business, you know, from building a business, now we are building a company. It was a whole lot. We had to, you know, sit down to to put some things together, to to write some processes. And these are all things that we need to be at the time. <laughs> to write some processes, to delegate, you know, that my friend, she's, she's still with us up until today, the one who taught for free with me as well. So, you know, we had to say, okay, you handle this part and I handle this part, you know. But at the end of the day, we knew what we wanted. We just didn't, might not, you know, not have the skill. I was not a recruiter. I had never worked as a HR person, but we had to become all of that to enable what we wanted. And then at some point, we, you know, we had to create like a waiting list and tell parents, okay, you know what? We don't have teachers for what you're requesting for now. But when we do, we'll let you know, you know, because it was a lot more than we wanted. Cool. So talk to us more about the actual clientele and customers that you're serving. May not, at least right now, be for everyone. Like what kind of background are a lot of these students coming from? Or do they not know anything? Are they just trying to level up and go from, B student, an A student, are you picking them up from the bottom of the stack and moving them to the middle or the top? Like, where is this demand coming from? And for people who don't really know why it's so important that students perform well in their particular environments, kind of walk us through that too. Well, I mean, I'll be able to say exactly what it is, but I'll tell you something. I had a parent one day write me a message and he said, the reason, he said, one thing I love high prep for is that it keeps those children on a daily study routine. That's what he said. So it keeps them on a, on a daily, his children, he has three children with us. It keeps them on a daily study routine. Yeah, like I said about excellence, some of us have gotten to understand that what we become is what we are, what we read. And we've gotten to also understand that the, the spirit of excellence is something that follows you, even as a child, you know, like when you learn to pay attention to something and give it like your heart, put in the work, it literally follows you, you know, even as an adult. So for me, that is what it is. Parents wanting to give their children that extra knowledge to just continue to be the best that they can be as children. My both parents were teachers. And one thing they ensured that I did was study every day. So <laughs> studying every day after school kept me, you know, in that position where I felt like every single day I needed, I made some kind of progress. 
towards something, you know, and that's what I want to recreate for children in today's world, you know, in a modern world where they're getting into, they, where they are constantly making daily progress, constantly sharpening their brain, constantly reading, constantly developing themselves. And, you know, that's, that's what it is. But also we have parents who are maybe prepping for some kind of exams. Okay, so exam preparation is another thing that makes parents want to, um, you know, join our platform. So for parents like that, I mean, we have exams, we have, we have the 11 plus exams, for example, for students living in, in the UK. The UK is actually, parents living in the UK are where most of our clients are from. So, yeah, so they have that 11 plus exams that they're probably prepping for. And it's a lot, it's a very challenging exam. It's not like they say, oh, every child who scores 90% you know, gets an admission. No, they literally just say, we need 200 children. And if we need 200 children to get into our school, for example, all we need to do is at the end of the exam, we'll arrange the children who read the exam in order of their scores. And whoever gets like the most, that, I mean, the first 200 children are the ones who get the admission. That's why it is. So if that's the case, you definitely need to read to outsmart the next person. I'm sorry to say, but that's why it's, it's almost like you're reading to outsmart the next person. Well, um, yeah, so exam prep is something else. Academic enhancement. Some children may be struggling with something, a, a particular subject, a particular skill, and they literally just need someone to guide them. It could be reading, it could be math, it could be anything. And, you know, that's another place where high prep comes to play. So that's certainly motivation to try to make it in the top 200 or score well enough to improve your life. What would you say to folks who question the motivation of students being able to sit still? I mean, I don't know how it is in your, you know, client service realm, but it seems, well, I've seen up close and personal students who are being taught through a screen. And sometimes they're paying attention and other times it's more difficult. How do you get your students to stay engaged on a virtual platform? One thing that, you know, our teachers all have or all know at every point in time is it's more about, it's a student's learned kind of learning. It's all about the child knowing what it is they, they have to achieve for each day. And literally you guiding the child to be able to achieve uh, the learning objective. So, I mean, it's not proper, it's not normal lecture style teaching. Oh, just come to class, bring out your book, let's write. No, it's basically the children discovering things by, them, by themselves, doing some activities, making mistakes, getting corrected. It's 100% uh, child-based kind of learning. So yes, we don't struggle, we don't struggle at all, in fact. I can have a child, a four-year-old, sits you know there and we have an engaging one hour lesson depending on what the parents want yes literally have like an engaging 30 minutes one hour lesson wait a minute you're saying you can get four-year-olds to sit still for an hour is that what you just said well i can see why parents are coming to you that is uh, that is quite the feat there so talk to us more about the performance of the students like you're getting them to sit still they're engaging with the activities are you seeing results after they leave how long are students staying with you are they getting into these schools and passing their exams as a part of your program when they might not have if they didn't join okay so last year was actually our first attempt at prepping children for that exam i told you so i just want to pick that scenario um for that exam i, I spoke to you about and we had, we had 100% success. 
So every <laughs> so every one of those children on our platform got you know their choice schools for the eleven course exams. Now this year, sometime in September, we are going to be having another one. We have about how many children? We have about seven children that were prepared for the exams as well, and we're hoping for hundred percent success. However, the very first time when we'll be having children who literally followed us and grew with us. So they followed our program at a particular year. They followed, so they followed our program for three years. Sorry, next year is going to be the fourth year they would have followed our program and taken the exam. So it's, that's going to be next year. We already know what the goal is. We're already working towards that. They also know what the goal is for us, uh, for them. And we're, you know, putting the work. I mean, I'm so positive of the result they'll get because they've been with us for a very long time. I mean, even when we look at the children that have been with us for a long time, then the children who just join us. You know, sometimes we have like a child, a child just comes, okay, I have a child in year five. I want to be part of the program. Bring that child in year five and bring the child that has been with us for a while. Like, there's a lot of difference. And I'm not talking just academics. I'm even talking behavioral. So that's why I told you, that's why I tell you when I'm talking about how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when a child is able to sit down and they've done this consistently for years, they can't do the same. You're seeing a child who is very deliberate about setting goals for themselves and pursuing it, and it's, it, they can't be the same, no. So there's a lot of difference. Even the teacher that tests to me that, okay, no, this is a new child, but this is a child that has been with us for a while. So yeah, that's that's why it is for us. I love that. Sounds like all success, all rosy, no problems, no issues, but can you scrape your mind and talk to us about something that you felt like you had to overcome or maybe not quite a low moment, but a moment where you really had to test your mettle a little bit? Can you just talk to us about overcoming one of these challenges along the way? Or has it indeed been perfect from the very beginning? If I said, I mean, if there's anything I've said that looks like it's been perfect from the beginning, please, I'm going to have to take it back. Because <laughs> I'm not even going, I don't know what to say when, I, when it comes to like the kind of challenges that we've had. It's been, it's been a lot, a whole lot. You know, one mindset that we've, adopted do what you know when you know better you do better so yeah that's um that's one of the mindset that we've adopted in everything that we do i sometimes look at myself like an accidental founder someone who just found herself here and when i find myself here i'm trying to solve a problem it's a problem that i'm very familiar with when i wanted to start high prep i didn't even know it was going to be like this i didn't know it was going to you know be just difficult and challenging and you know but the mindset i you know went in with is a mindset of let's solve a problem for people. All along the way, maybe if I wasn't um, the kind of person I was, I would have given up a long time ago. Bringing the kind of person I am, wanting to see to the end of everything I start, you know, we continue to push through. It's not been easy at all. Let me give you an example of when I mentioned about recruiting teachers. So here we are offering a service and then all of a sudden we need to start recruitment. We don't have anyone, you know, in our team that's, used to recruitment or you know has done recruitment before we don't have any like standard operating procedures anywhere to say okay even if we get the teacher this is what we're going to give to the teacher to to know like how we work right and so we are trying to recruit a teacher there's a parent on our head you guys what's up what's going on you know do something and then we realize okay this teacher is not up to the standard that we want for our platform but guess what We've already told the parents that, okay, you're going to get paid in so so and so day. What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? So it's always like we're always to that point where it's a lot of 
work doing this has, has made me every kind of thing. So at some point we started training teachers, you know, <laughs> from training teachers, you know, we started having like weekly meetings where we are doing some, you know, in-house trainings for ourselves. Before you know what's happening, I started supervising. So it's just a whole lot every now and then. And then eventually we're like, okay, we don't want to be mis micromanaging teachers because one of the biggest challenges that teachers that work in offline classrooms complain about is, you know, micromanagement. And we're like, we don't want to continue micromanaging teachers. We want to be able to lead them right, manage them properly. And then here we are, we're like, okay, what's our, like, our goals? How do we set goals for these teachers in terms of academic performance? It's a lot. And then we're going back and forth. <laughs> how do we set goals? Okay, this is how to set goals. You know, we're setting goals for them. Okay, if we're going to set goals for you, that means we need to, we need to be in charge of assessments and testing because we wouldn't tell you to go and test your child with anything, isn't it? So here again, we are trying to sit down and get standard assessments that we can use and call our own at iPrep. So like, it's a lot of work. It's a whole lot of work. It's not been 100% easy. Talk about network issues. <laughs> so a teacher is so good, but hey, 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 you're living in Nigeria. This is Nigeria. Here you are trying to, you know, teach that lesson that you've planned, beautiful lesson, beautiful resources. Network is not working. Talk about light issues. You can literally be teaching a child and then the light just goes on. The challenge is, if it was just me doing this thing, I'll literally know how to manage myself, isn't it? But now you have to manage like a bunch of other teachers. Wow. It makes your success all that more admirable. So I appreciate you sharing that additional background and color on it. You said you were a founder who found yourself. Just a lot of clever things that you have. I've imagined it if you were in a physical classroom, all the banners and the quotations and all the positive statements that would be all across your classroom. I think that's fantastic. One unique experience that you have is you are a mompreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us about the positive ways that your entrepreneurial founder finding yourself walk has you know made and impacted in your family life in your personal life you know business is one thing family is another thing you've managed to somewhat merge the two with high prep online mm -hmm. but talk about the positive ways you know becoming a full-fledged entrepreneur has had on your family life a lot of ways <laughs> amazingly in lots of ways at some point i was working in the bank when i nearly had my daughter and I'll give you a situation. One of the things that I didn't like about working in the bank when I was in the bank was I literally used to leave the house earlier than my husband to go to work. Well, it's, it's a big deal here for us in Nigeria. I mean, men should be the one doing all the work. So I used to be first to leave the house and I'll leave very early to go to work. I'll be the last to get back home. It was a lot of, it was a lot of pressure from, you know, my place of work at the time. But being an entrepreneur, especially an entrepreneur that is working from home, has really helped me, especially get involved in my daughter's life. I stay back at home, take her, prepare her for school, take her to school, get back home, do my work. When it's time, when it's time I go pick her back, we get back home, we do her homework, help her here and there. It's a lot. And it's something that most other jobs wouldn't have allowed me. I'm able to get involved in her life as I want. I'm also able to, so I'm better able to get involved in my family and what's going on because of entrepreneurship. Being able to provide, you know, for my home as well, even financially, I'm also a lot better financially as well. So it has helped my life, my family life a lot. 
there's been a lot of a lot more happiness, a lot more freedom for me and my family. I can literally walk anywhere in the world. Lately, I've been spending a lot of time with my dad because I, I recently lost my mom. I'm not gonna say it. it's a lot still, yeah. So I was spending a lot of time with my dad, and that's okay because I can literally just carry my computer, my Wi-Fi, and I go there and I spend the entire weekend, and I'm fine. That sounds hugely gratifying and beneficial and condolences to you and your family and sounds like you really appreciated family life even more despite the mm -hmm. fact that you're probably even busier now running your own mm -hmm. business but you still have mm -hmm. that flexibility which is nice to hear speaking of running your own business i don't believe you have a co-founder it's just you running the show is that right i do have a co-founder oh okay perfect we'll talk talk about your co-founder excuse me I do Talk about your co-founder then, please do. Okay is my co-founder. He's, I think he has over eight years experience as, an, as a software engineer. He lives in Dallas, if I'm not missing that. Okay, someone that I've known. Hang on, hang on. You said Dallas, like Dallas, Texas? Yes, Dallas, Texas. Okay, awesome. Yes, okay, someone that I've known for a very long time. I knew him in 2013. Sorry, 2000, even earlier, 2011, there about when I was in school. So he, he was brother of my, my roommate at the time. So I got to know him. We spoke. We were always in touch um, on social media because he was already living there at the time. But sometime in 2022, that's around this time last year, we lost contact for a while. You know, life happened. We lost contact for a while. When I was thinking about building what, I was, what we were doing into a company, and then one of these days from nowhere, you know, I just thought about, I mean, what about okay? He's somebody that has been doing this for a while. Okay has worked in a couple of startup companies. He has also started up a couple of companies, you know. So and I reach out to him and he can he comes in and he's like, he likes the idea. Apart from liking the idea, he's somebody that he comes in with a lot of passion. So he comes in and is like, no, 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 this is this is a lot, Ada. Like, all I need for you is to continue to hold up your end. I'm going to build a beautiful product for us, and we can fix that. And it was beautiful to have him on board. He literally came with a lot of vision, a lot of understanding of what I wanted to do, and it was good. Excellent. So let's talk about that more. Like, what is okay bringing that you didn't already have? Other, I appreciate the startup experience, maybe the ops side of things. Is there anything that you felt like you couldn't do but for him being there? Oh, like, I mean, like I already said, building a business was new to me, right? When I started iPrep, it was new to me. For example, I, I brought in okay to help me with the technical part of, part of building iPrep. Well, I mean, he came with a lot, a whole lot more than just the building the technical part. So he has the experience on a couple of other things that he, you know, he brought on board. He was the one who said, okay, you can't continue to do everything, literally everything by yourself. We need to get people on board. We need to, we need to you know, hire um, a couple of other people to help us out in this area, in that area. And which is what we did. And ever since we did that, I've been better able to concentrate on things that matter. Because then I, I don't teach anymore. It was thanks to him that I stopped. <laughs> I stopped teaching. I was able to, you know, concentrate on other things. You know, he was the one who said, this is how you, you manage a virtual team. Because initially, I did not know how I could, you know, get people from different parts of the world. And then I'm managing them and getting them to be productive. But he was the one who came with all of those ideas. And they are working. So today, I can literally go home, like, I mean, go bury my mom one week, two weeks. 
and my team is holding it down for us, you know, wherever they are, it's been amazing. So he came with the experience of, you know, building a startup. Sounds super duper valuable as a team, not just as individuals. As a team, we go we go further for sure. Do you mind if we talk money now a little bit? I know we talked about how you initially funded it, but let's say that you do get a big check, a million dollar check. What would you do with that money? And if we need to kind of convert it, I know we're dealing with kind of different currencies and systems. We could even go crypto. That would be easier for, for how it's going to be spent. But let's say you have a million dollars worth of value. What would you do if no one told you what you had to do with it? You could spend it any way you wanted to. You weren't necessarily being held accountable for it. How would you infuse that into your life? It could be in the business or personally, but how would you spend that million dollars? If I got a million dollars, I think I need to imagine that million dollar first in my account. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, fine. So if I got a million dollars, what I would do with it? I'm literally going to put that in my business. So unless you're asking me what will I do with it in my business. So in my business, I'm at the stage where I want to grow a little faster. I mean, the world is changing. I want to put out this thing and, you know, help a lot more people. So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to literally hire some talents, especially to help us and continue to build out our products. Hire some more experienced people, people who literally just come into the team and they get things going immediately. So that's 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 one thing I'd like to do. And then while we are building that product, I would also would I would also would like to hire like marketing and sales specialists to help me with the marketing aspects and putting putting these things out there in front of our clients, in front of the people who need them. So that would be another thing. Research, research, continue to grow our offer, continue to grow what we are providing to the uh, to the public. Literally, my life is literally my business. So I know, I know you'd be maybe a little disappointed that I didn't say any other thing, but it's it's the business for me, hundred percent growing my business even further. You are laser focused on the mission at hand. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. I love that. I love that. Uh, so share with us a little bit more about where you're sitting right now. You're in Abuja, in Nigeria. Talk to us about the local startup ecosystem there. Is it robust? Is it growing? Like, where would you place it, you know, within the country writ large? Like, just talk to us about your experience there and the resources and what you would like to see to continue to develop as a founder in that city. Abuja, Nigeria. Um, Abuja is one, like, very reserved city um, in Nigeria. And what the system looks like here is, yes, the startup ecosystem is getting more popular. There are more and more people getting into different fields, especially fintech. Recently, the Nigerian government signed, you know, a bill called the Startup Bill. And I know that, I don't know what to expect from the Startup Bill, but I am thinking, you know, that there will be some amazing uh, support for startup founders like myself. Some of the things I'm expecting, innovation hubs, I don't know, <laughs> maybe innovation hubs, maybe some kind of uh, mentoring and, and funding, I don't know, but those are some of the things that I, I'm having my eyes on. But of course, you know that Nigeria is focusing on, um, on our elections that are coming up very soon. Right after that, and you know, we have like a settled economy, I'm hoping to see more of that. We also have a couple of communities supporting founders. A couple of them, I, I belong to, I belong to one. Like um, what? Talk to us about those a little bit more. What do, when you say communities, are these organizations? Are they physical places? Yeah, yeah organizations. Like there's this one, Future Females. Uh, Future Females. I, I was someone who benefited from Future Females. 
business school. So they have this program where uh, every every month female founders gather, talk about their businesses, talk about this and that. They also have this thing, this virtual thing that they do. Every now and then they, they bring out uh, people to come talk to us about our businesses, different areas of you know starting up a business and building a business. So we have that. But Future Females is not the only organization that we have supporting founders. We also have another one, but I think I don't know why most of the ones I knew are mostly about women. Maybe because that's my, you know, the one that concerns me mostly about women. You know, the kind of support that we get is in trainings, mentorships here and there. But yeah, the ecosystem here is getting more popular by the day. How be it slow, but it's getting popular. Excellent. A few more questions here, because I, I mean, I really like this topic, learning more about what's going on in your neck of the woods in your backyard but if you had to, to move houses and leave that backyard behind pick up your family take it with you your company of course as well what other startup ecosystem would you want to visit spend time in become a resident in if you had to leave Abuja where would you go anywhere on the planet it would be the USA to be fair because most of the people that I've connected with on this journey are mostly people around there. So it's nothing serious, honestly, but it's because most of the people I've connected with are mostly people living in the US. Yeah, I would like to be somewhere where it seems like there's a lot more support. There's a lot more, I mean, support for people, people building something. You know, so yeah, that's where I'd like to be. You have a particular city in mind. It's a big place over here, like it is in Nigeria. Where what cities are you thinking? What city am I thinking? I haven't really considered that. <laughs> I don't know why. Actually, like if you if you if you ask me, I'm one of those people that would say I want to be in Nigeria, I want to be here, continue to build here and build for the world from here. I haven't really considered, you know, where in the USA would I like to go to? But where's the best city? Where's the calmest city there? That's a good question because a number of people here have had different views on that. You have the coast, you know, you have New York, D.C., Miami, Boston, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Where's the calmest place? You said the calm, what did you say? Calm, where's, where's the calmest place that's calm? Calm. That, I'll have to get back with you on that. Uh, I have been crisscrossing around the country and calm is not what I would use to describe some of these places, but I'm sure maybe in the heartland, you might find some of those, but we'll circle back on that. That's good to know though, that you love building in Abuja, but still maybe a little bit curious about the US. Maybe one day we'll be able to, to trade places and host each other in places. That would be cool to do. Uh, cool. So now uh, speaking of kind of like calmness or you know, funness, et cetera. It seems like you've enjoyed building a team and working with the people who are joining. What's the most fun that you've had in your business as you've been going? Like, how do you keep, you know, the adults engaged too and coming back for more and fun? Uh, how would you describe like how you all keep it, keep it exciting and fun among your staff? Okay, so something that we do amongst ourselves is before we used to do every end of term, we gather and we literally just have, we, we could just hang out anywhere. All the teachers, all the, the full-time staff, myself, we just hang out somewhere. It could be anywhere. It could be a game house. It could be just a restaurant or just anywhere. But currently, we are, we, we've changed that to, instead of at the end of each term, we now do it once in a month, but not with the teachers just the three of us, myself, the person who is handling teachers' operations, the other person who is handling customer success, client success. So we just gather, we just talk, and just wherever it is, 
in town because we all stay here in Abuja. And, and that's why it's been for us lately. I like that. So let's say you keep going, your success continues, you get that million dollar funding, put it all in the business and grow it more. The demand stays high. You can find all the teachers. Do you want to run a billion dollar company? Why, if you do, and why not if you don't? And this is different from owning one or starting one. Do you want to still be at the helm of High Prep or any other company for that matter as it reaches a billion? Do you want to run a billion dollar company? Why or why not? I'll tell you something about what we are running now and try to link it up with a billion dollar company, right? So currently we have parents around the world that are confident of their children and confident of the progress they are making every day towards achieving their goals, academic goals. And apart from just achieving their academic goals, they are raising children that are learning to be resilient. They are raising children that are learning to, learning to be confident in themselves, raising good communicators, collaborators, working with children all around the world. That's what we have, parents like that. We have teachers who are able to make extra income. So they literally just sit down at home and they make extra income for themselves. And they know that this all depends on them. How it goes, goes well or bad, it all depends on them. They don't have to complain about some, some administration, some you know micromanagement or whatever. And not just that, they can work literally everywhere in the world. So we had one teacher who called me to say, oh, he's relocating to Canada. He would not be able to continue handling the children that he was handling for us. He would like to give us more moms to find a replacement. And then we found a replacement and we were trying to send him a letter to say, thank you for being part of High Prep. We wish you all the best. And he says, no, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be outside High Prep. He wants to still be part of us. That what he wants to do is to get to Canada first and settle down. And then he will share his schedule with us because he wants to continue to teach with us. So those are the kind of parents that we have. And when I think about these people and the impact that we are making in their lives, I'll tell you for sure that I do not want to stop making such impacts. I want to make, I want this impact to continue to grow all around the world, children all around the world, parents all, all around the world, teachers all around the world. If that results to a billion dollar company, like you say, 100%, I'll say yes. They might need you. In those elections, that was a very political response there that you gave us. Now, that's good to know. And, you know, you're right. If all children all over the world are potential customers, that could certainly be the case for you. So appreciate you answering that question. We're coming up on the end of our journey here. We're coming up on the end of this conversation, but it's been a good one. And I'm glad that you had so many stories that you could share with us to just kind of fill out this canvas of what high prep is a little bit more. The penultimate question that I want to ask for you, Adama, is you probably answered this along the way, but what's the most valuable thing that you do for your students at high prep? What would you say? is that valuable thing that you're giving to them that they really can't get elsewhere. So what's the most valuable thing that you do for your students? Building their trust in themselves, helping them believe more in themselves, helping them love learning all of our lives. One thing that we will continue to do is learning. And as much as possible, we are helping them enjoy learning, fall in love and learning, building themselves. And as much and you know, even much more important, we are giving them the best shots, best shots at success wherever they find themselves. Succinct, powerful, potent, clear. 
love that. And what parent wouldn't want that for their children? So glad that you are a resource for those who are interested. Speaking of those who are interested, what's the best way that folks can stay in touch with you? I mean, we connected on LinkedIn and I'm glad that we did. If you're listening to this right now and people want to know a little bit more about High Prep, maybe they want to support you. Uh, maybe they want to become a customer or a client. Maybe they just want to follow your journey. What's the best way that folks can do that? And if they want to reach out to you and get a response, what is the best way to do that? Okay, so the best way to reach out to me would be, uh, it would be, I mean, you could reach me, Adama, at highprep.io. You could reach our business, www.highprep.io. Very soon also, we're going to be have like a, like a, like, you know, like a wait list. So for personally, you could reach me at adama at highprep.io. And also on my LinkedIn. I mean, I think I respond to LinkedIn messages very fast. It's, I always prefer to get messages there. On LinkedIn, I am Adama Ubu. Thank you very much for that. Have super duper enjoyed this conversation with you. This marks at least our third conversation, and I hope that there are many more to come as you continue to grow. If you're listening to this this year, I think it will be a historic one because you all are recently kind of going more technical than you were before. So you're entering that new phase, and I think that's amazing for you. Uh, but with that, we will leave you with the last word for the folks who are listening to this right now. Okay, thank you very much for having me, Abraham. If there's any last word I'd like to say to anyone, I mean, continue to help the world be a better place. Continue to contribute to your quota, whatever it is you're able to do. Do not hold back. Continue to build and build and build even some more. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time, for your effort, for your productivity, for your 100% performance. And with that, we will bid you adieu. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guest to pop in. And if you enjoyed today's podcast recording, please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.